2: Recorded live.
3: Hey Alex, when you when this is done, being recorded, make sure you take this um recording and post it in the contributing member only group. Okay? You got you understand that? Alex?
4: Yeah, yeah run on the phone.
3: Hold on. I got you. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, hey guys. Um, George asked me to make this call. Um, obviously, we got some uh, guys that are wondering how they might be able to make some money um, on this Houston disaster situation. Really, the calls about today is about, um, and, that's, and that's, all, that's all okay as well, but the main, the main reason for the call today is, is that we can put a think tank together um, to keep those single operator guys that might be relying on the residential market um, and and help them to see if we can't get some insurance money going and flowing and some of those things to keep them busy. Because the regular uh, book of business is not going to be happening Hello? anytime soon. Um, it's not going to be happening anytime soon right now. Hey, guys, hang on a second. I'll let the other guys introduce themselves. Remind you guys the calls being recorded for the contributing membership uh, to listen to. So, uh, guys, just remain on your best behavior. I just want to remind everybody that it is recorded and it will be posted to the contributing membership.
4: It's the so, organization.
3: so you kind of know um, what the call is about today. Um, it, it, it's about that, and I guess the double-edged sword would be How could we move forward um, as an organization um, to some of these agencies like FEMA, um, National Institute for Insurance, things like that for um, trying to get these guys uh, some work out of this thing and mainly to keep the guys that aren't going to be getting the regular book of residential stuff uh, busy and staying in business. Um, Remember you guys are all on mute if you're not talking. If you want the floor and want to um, give out some ideas on this, this is what this call is all about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ask Andrew because I know he's a veteran, might have done some insurance work, things like that. Uh, is Andrew still on the call, Alex? Yeah, I'm here. I, I guess.
2: Uh, how many guys? How many guys are in the in the UMCC that that is affected by what went on? I know. San Antonio is, you know, not affected, so there's work being available there. So uh, how many guys are actually being affected that, you know, uh, one or two-man operation? I know the one thing with insurance, you can go out and, you know, put ads out for insurance and, and contact different companies to see if there's any work that you could do, whether it's just, you know, hauling away with a, tr- a truck and trailer, hauling away insulation trash, you know, renting a trailer, things like that. There's always those options, and people look for that stuff all the time. Uh, you just have to get in with the insurance companies to do that. So you would probably have a great idea on that, Ron, or somebody else would. But I guess, how many people is this affecting on on that basis?
3: About 48. Membership. Nation, about 48. About 48 guys in Houston. Now, are all them one-man band shows that do residential? We don't know those numbers. Um, I was hoping okay. more of them would join the call today to kind of to kind of help that help that figure along. We got a lot of huh. carpet guys in the industry too, and those those restoration guys, you know, there's going to be a huge thing to take advantage of. Um, from there, you industry. know, that's that's the
2: other thing is maybe they can look at going to the restoration companies and doing sub work for them too, calling the different restoration companies, doing being a sub for them because. I know in the restoration business, there's some fat cash on these type of things that, you know, guys will come in and they will, you know, the insurance allows this amount of money and they charge it whether they do the amount of work or not for it correctly, which is, is wrong, but that's just how that, that, that relationship works with the insurance companies and the restoration companies. So maybe to look out for those restoration companies making phone calls saying, hey, we have a pressure washer, we can clean up mud, floors, you know, you name it. We can clean that stuff up for you if you guys don't have the option for that type of stuff. So just you know, another way to look for it. Okay.
3: One of the main things let's make these two bullet points if we were to put out a cheat sheet. So a cheat sheet would already have on there. Hey, make sure you contact the insurance companies, contact restoration companies that are already working with these insurance companies, and become a sub. Any any other ideas, guys? A fourth, a fifth. Yeah. A fifth. Hey, I got I got one more. I got one more. It's tarping.
5: Uh, I know
2: if we want to reach out to Ed Thompson, I know Ed Thompson during the hurricane out out east, he did a ton of tarping work. Uh, So he would probably be a guy to maybe contact. I remember seeing something about that a couple years ago. So it might make, you know, some justice to give him a call. He's a great guy. He might be able to give people pointers on how to set up a web page for tarping, how to get in with the insurance companies for tarping. You know, if guys aren't afraid of heights, get up with the blue tarps and start tarping them just to keep the stuff dry until uh, you know everything starts to clean over, where guys can get out there and start doing the roofing. But you can make some great money tarping uh, on you know, on roof damage. That sounds
3: like I'm, a great great thing for roofing. Man. Wouldn't be afraid to do that. Wrong, you know, right. I I Thanks, they, Andrew. They, Anybody else want to take the to take the floor? But I want to remind you guys, if you're not talking, please mute your phone. We got a couple of guys with a lot of static, and Alex is going to have to start muting people through the module. Um, if you can mute your phone, we really appreciate it. A lot of background noise. Thanks a lot. Who wants to go next? Go ahead and take
0: the floor if you want to go next. Ron. Mute Ron, this is Matt with M and K.
3: Thanks, Matt.
0: Hey, um after Hurricane Matthew here on the east coast, we did a lot over on Hilton Head Island um just north of Savannah. And uh we we did a lot of demucking and, and things of that through uh several different insurance companies. What I actually did is I reached out to my own insurance company and um and they actually, you know, they're they're networked all through a similar database and uh, they can see, you know, areas that are affected and and what needs to need to be taken care of, and and they can also easy access, uh, you know, contacts with other insurance companies. I know that helps. Do you have any of those contacts you might be willing to
1: share?
0: Um, I can, yeah, I can reach out. Um, I can reach out to you and and try to get you a number um to our insurance providers and um and get that now, as far as uh i've got a lot of the same companies are going to be out in houston as this, you know out in the east coast um yeah we're, we're
3: gonna make a we're gonna make a little cheat sheet for members only on these ideas and if we can put those numbers on there that would be an awesome um upstart you know what i mean as far yes, as guys sir. being able to call them so Matt, if you could come up with that,
0: that's awesome. I uh, appreciate it. Yep. I will uh, I'll get with you uh later and, and try to get those out to you. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot.
3: Hey, copy Alex on it too, because he's gonna be making the cheat sheet. So if you can copy him on it, Alex at umcc dot org, that'd be awesome.
4: Where are the ideas right now? Ron, where are the ideas right now that we have? Who's speaking? This is Dave, Sparkle Blast.
3: Oh, Dave, how you doing? Hey. All um, right. We we got about four or five items on the cheat sheet right now. Um, this call is being recorded, um, and we're going to release the call to the contributing members only. Um, we're going to try to round up all those resources and they make maybe, maybe make some more available um, to the immediate guys in Houston and the guys that might want to help uh, outside of Houston. Primarily, the focus here today is the concern for what the single operator, um, non-commercial guys won't have in the way of work in the next couple of months. You know, So, we're trying to see if we can help them um, supplement that income loss somehow um, with trying to do some of this disaster stuff. Um, I'm going to be honest with everybody on this call. This is not my... have a lot to, to uh, uh, you know, offer. I hope that in the future, maybe we can have a disaster um, function inside the organization that um, we have automatic things in play when these things are happening, that we beat people to the punch on all this stuff. Um, as far as being able to get our members you know, tied into this revenue stream, uh, as far as what's going on insurance companies. Um, I know we probably, if we had somebody in the restoration business, um, that would be who could probably be the most helpful, and that's what I was hoping today. Somebody from that business might jump on this call. Uh,
4: What about Has Anybody brought that up? No. Okay, that's one of the things I'm working on here is trying to I'm
3: going to remind you that this call is recorded, though. So okay. you're going to talk about anything skirting any of our current regulations. I just you can go ahead with whatever you want to go ahead with, but I wanted to I wanted to stop you before you before you talk about that because semantics and wordings not gonna it's not gonna change anything. And I and I'm going to say tell guys this right now. The mold remediation industry's license in Texas, I'm assuming that that's correct, or is it not?
4: That is correct.
3: So when we when we talk about, like you said, sanitization, we've got to be really careful about the line that we're walking there, because I don't want guys to think from the organizational standpoint that they were told to do that. I apologize for interrupting you, man, but I just I wanted to... Tell you, let you remind you that it was on record. Now go ahead, mm-hmm. man, and if you want to talk, yeah, I just wanted to make sure you knew as we were being recorded.
4: Yeah, I'm just you know, just from going through this in the past, uh, the quote remediation industry, as far as I'm concerned, and I really don't care if it's recorded or not. It's probably one of the biggest ripoffs I've ever seen. Um, that's only because I've been part of that uh on the as a consumer um we got ripped up pretty bad almost ten thousand dollars worth for work at the insurance company didn't pay for it. so uh as far as the way i see it if i can help a customer not have to go through that headache that we had to go through uh, i'm all for it i mean last think i'm looking at doing is actually going in and uh you know, if the if the contractors allow it, if they would, you know, and then working with the insurance companies, of course, is basis to go in and do a preemptive strike, not afterwards, but after all the stuff is, you know, grown and whatever. That's your remediation. They're going there. They're trying to kill the mold and get rid of it. I'm looking at it as far as getting to it before it starts, putting a nice little coat down of our cleaners and letting it dry, letting everything dry out with the cleaners on it. I'm suspecting that that right there, Will eliminate probably about ninety percent of the mold or, or mildew that tries to uh, grow in these people's homes because it's going to take the companies to get in there to fix these homes. I mean weeks, and uh, it took us probably about it took it took me four years to get back in my house. So that's why I, I, I this is kind of dear to my heart. So something to think about. It take William. months
2: to clean that up. We got flooded in Iowa City, our Cedar Rapids, a couple years ago, and it took eight, nine months to get people back into their homes because it was so bad.
3: Yeah, I think he said four years.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it took me four years to get back into my house. And we still have smells from from the remediation process that was supposed to take place. I figured if I had known then but I knew now, I could have headed a lot of that off myself and saved us the aggravation of number one, a ten thousand dollar bill, and number two, the smells and stuff that we just can't get rid of that's inside of the house. So if I stepped on any bad feelings about mold remediation, I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. Hey, Ron, Rob, Kerry, I wonder if I can have the floor.
1: Hey right quick um who all, just did a speaking
3: rob. Rob who just did the, the speaking, right who just the did the speaking right about
2: mold, re- mold remediation all
3: right, all right, hold on a second rob carey has got the floor right now go ahead
1: rob. uh yeah we're we're in Des Moines Iowa i've been through 200 year floods uh flood of 93 which took out our water plant took out a half of a uh, section of downtown Des Moines um probably the biggest opportunity is to go to work for government for insurance companies and also mostly for these restoration companies pressure washing
3: hey hey hey, alex make the fifth thing on the list government agencies please if you can rob's got a great point go ahead rob
1: well it's just that pressure washing and like your last caller said that that preemptive strike on, on getting hold of uh, the organisms that are growing in the flood water because they're 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 quite nasty, if you will. Um you can we went to work for Service Master and Service Master was using us as that preemptive strike because they couldn't deal with the muck, you know, the six inches, twelve inches of muck that would be in these buildings and they, they utilized us for that and then for a, a preemptive strike if I would but we were able to do what we were able to do best and be able to move from job to job out in front of them. And then they'd go in and dry it out and then they would go do their demo work and their reconstruction. And we stayed completely away from that. You don't want anybody getting tied up in that stuff because you start opening up walls and you've got electrical problems and you've got all kinds of issues that, you know, you just want to stay away from it, do what you do best. Um, the government agencies, are, are huge we're registered with fema and and i don't know the exact process because we've been registered for years fema doesn't really like refer work but they'll put you in contact with the the other companies that they're contracting with hey so rob
3: a second. Hold on a second. So the sixth thing would be to contact FEMA and see if you can get registered with them, Alex. Okay? So make sure you're recording those points. Thanks. Thanks again, Rob.
1: But there's all kinds of government purchasing agencies and that's, you know, you know you're backed by something that you're going to get paid. Um, You know, I'd say that probably in that Houston area, there's going to be two-thirds of the people that don't have any insurance at all. and They're never going to come back. You know, but the thing about it is a bank still owns that house, a bank still owns that building, and they're not going to leave it closed up. We went into buildings four months after the flood of 93 that had been closed up, and we're talking about office complexes, you know, and, and these businesses just relocated, but the building owner still had a building there that he had to do something with. So uh, as we approach going to Houston, it's going to be simply for commercial work where we know we can get paid i'd be I'd be real literally about going into somebody's basement in a home you know and dealing with carpet and dealing with muck and drywall and everything else you gotta open up to be able to do it man, there's a lot of background here, but
5: uh this is uh hey guys, Derek. Hey guys,
1: no, let I me let me finish the hey let me. Ron. Hey guys, a
3: reminder please mute your phones right now while rob's talking. We do got a lot of background noise guys. Mute your phones if you do not have the floor, please go ahead Rob
1: Well, one last thing I'll say about this area. you're not only talking about Houston, but the southern southern third of Texas now over in louisiana this This type of cleanup project there's there's several years worth of work. This is not going to be rectified in a couple months' time. There's just too much, absolutely too much, and we also worked with uh companies that had big back systems. So like when we went into the water plant, we had a company there that was with one of these big uh, vacuum systems sucking up all the muck because, you know, anybody that's washing any concrete that knows if you've got a little silt down in the concrete, well, when you've got six inches of muck, you've got to have a way to extract it. And those are those are just things that you can partner up with somebody and make your job a whole lot easier and move on and help somebody else. But that, that this tragedy down there is going to go on for the next, well, They've even said that down in in New Orleans, 12 years later, they're still working on rebuilding. You know, this is a catastrophic event that's going to provide opportunity for a long, long time. The biggest variables, and I'll just add this last thing here, the biggest variables on doing this type of work, when you locate down there, you're going to have trouble with housing, you're going to have trouble with laundry, you're going to have trouble with food, transportation. All those variables come into it. It's not just like uh, parking your truck with a sign on it and hope somebody's, you know, directs you in the right direction. It's just we're we're already mobilizing for it, if you will, because uh, we just know that we can put four or five trucks down there with uh, two man, three man crews and probably be there for two years.
3: Awesome, Rob. Thanks for your thanks for your input and time, man. Appreciate it.
5: Yeah, you got, hey, uh, real quick. This is uh, Derek Davis, and I, actually, I'm in Houston. Um, there's a, a couple things. One, uh, Rob, when you were doing that work, do you know today consider that muck and all that stuff hazardous waste that you had to have hauled off, or is it something that you could? Um, you know, I mean, did did you have to have somebody certified to haul that off, or is it something that you could just you know haul off on your own, or?
1: Well, I'll give you one one example of that. There was the MTA, which is the Metro Transit Authority, you know, the bus station, had 40,000 gallons of used oil stored below ground. The water went in the tank. The oil came out, um, coated an area that was probably about maybe a square mile of buildings and left a nasty black stain on these buildings as that water receded slowly because it it literally took them almost seven to ten days just to get that area pumped out because it hit into a low land and there was no place for it to go. The storm sewers were backed up because the rivers were full. And um, I, I think all that goes out the window, to be honest with you. I mean, if you run across some kind of storage tank that had something really bad in it, you know, I'd, I'd probably walk away myself. But, um, you know, you won't find anybody running around finding you because there might be a little oil in the water you're washing off a building or out of a building.
5: It's just Yeah, okay, so when you're... When you're extracting from locations, it, it was okay just to put it out in the property and wherever it goes, it goes. Oh yeah,
1: like our back trucks and when they'd extract and you know we had one one building that was uh, like 120,000 square feet had a foot of mud in it, you know, and they would back it up, they'd drive over the levee and they'd pump it back in the river, you know, just as quickly as they okay. could offload it, they were back to load again, so. You just I don't think you'll find anybody running around trying to find you for for what you're doing.
5: Right, right, okay. And then the other other thing, I was already on the phone yesterday with FEMA trying to figure out how to get registered with them and they they don't even know. <laughs> they can't, they can't tell you, so I'm gonna keep working on it and if anybody else is able to figure out the process, please document it so it can be shared because it's it's not like I said, I called them, and they didn't even know what to tell
1: me. Yeah, because FEMA FEMA's never going to call you up and go, hey, I got a job for you over here. They're going to register you in the database, which is available to the different general contractors, building owners, property owners, that type of thing, that can inquire about certain services. So they're never going to call you. But if you're in that registry, then you're going to get, you know, a better potential for referred work.
3: Hey, Alex.
1: Yeah,
3: Alex. Number seven. I know an RFP service that puts FEMA RFPs out. Put that down. I remembered that. RFP. Yeah, RFP. Request for Proposal. Rob, they actually do um, put those out on the government on the government listings for RFPs. They won't call you, but they put them out for you to apply to. Yep. Yeah. One of the one of the big ones is going to be. I remember on the last one, a couple of our guys in Louisiana on uh, Katrina washed thousands of those mobile trailers that I mean, they put the people in for the disaster response, and that was a pretty good gig for some guys. I re- I just remembered that. Boom, I, you know, and I know that they got it. They got it off that RFP site
1: well what one other thing to keep in mind, as towns and cities develop, they were always on the riverbed. they were always on the bank. All your old government buildings your your stuff like that, you're gonna find a lot of properties that are that are located there, and that's the only thing that we did. We tried to target, hey, I want to work for the government or I wanna work for a property manager or owner that that's got some substance, you know. Because there's, there's still houses in Des Moines from 93 that are closed up, boarded up, and bulldozed down. You know, they're just, they never came back. <laughs>
5: they
1: couldn't. So, so
3: your Rob, advice is to look for the viable stuff. Don't mess around with the small stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I personally would not get caught going into a neighborhood, even though there's 40 houses on both sides of the street, and try to make a living doing that because it's just, Everything's below ground with basements, and you're talking about personal items and garbage and drywall, and you go into a commercial building, and you're talking about terrazzo and concrete and tile and things that are a lot easier to clean.
4: But we don't okay. have basements here in Houston, really. So I no, I'll bet you don't, that. now they think about it. <laughs> hey, Rob, this is Steve Kitts with Task Pressure Washing in Dallas, Texas. First of all, I can't express how proud I am to be a member for us to be having this meeting in Think Tank. Uh, Daryl, you in Houston, our thoughts are going out for you guys. Um, We have two or three units, my wife and I, that want to dedicate to this project to give back, but also to help those less fortunate. Uh, Task pressure washing is 817-690-4958, and I'm telling you, I'm just impressed that our organization is doing this.
3: Well, we haven't completed anything yet, but let's see if we can get some, let's see if we can make some headway, but appreciate the, appreciate the props.
1: Well, one more thing, Ron. you know the the pressure washing companies there in Houston are going to be inundated, even if you were to get out you know uh, let's say you pulled together a list of people that were willing to travel and do that uh, and get it out to the local contractors that are there. that could be very, very useful
5: because there's no okay.
1: way any, there's no way any hundred companies. In the local area there, could even begin to handle the work that's going to come their way.
4: You'd be surprised there's probably about a thousand pressure washers here in Houston.
3: We have twelve hundred William
4: wow. See? yeah we're not we're definitely not short on washers. What we're going to be short on is cash for the guys that you know want to help out because i'm for one me myself I've been donating most of my stuff free for residential I mean. Insurance or not, you know, these people need a hand. They're going to need extra money just to be able to get some of the things that that's not going to be replaced. Like said, I've already been through that. And, yeah. you know, I understand what they're going through. So, like I said, I'm going to try to make my money on this on the commercial side. But I'm also going to help these guys on the, resi- on the residential as much as I can. Um, I just don't see where we're going to need a total influx of pressure washers down here, except for maybe downtown Houston Maybe. But you know, we've already we're already putting teams together to do that sort of work. So,
3: uh-huh. I mean, hey, Rob, my is We'll put out
4: an ATV if we really need people.
3: What do you think the SEO work is going to be for this? What do you think the uh, what are what are these
5: restoration companies using for these insurance companies to find them? I mean,
3: I mean, I, I mean, what do they? The insurance well, companies per se don't have the infrastructure for handling these kind of disasters. I mean, they're gonna be looking for these people. And like you said, developing lists maybe with our contractors on them for use is probably a good place to start, which Alex, make that number eight. Let's get a list of our members that are in the area and surrounding cities in Texas. Let's get a list together and find out on those lists who actually really wants to work because we don't wanna put people on the list that don't want to, you know, that first se don't want to do this. You know, I mean, there's guys in San Antonio that don't want to come over and help. We don't want them on the list. <laughs>
1: I'll respond to that, Ron. One of the first things that I did here a few days ago was contact uh, my guy with Service Master. Service Master has a nationwide network of contractors that, in a, a catastrophic event like this, are immediately deploying parts of their equipment and their personnel to that area. So by doing that, he's putting me in front of, you know, however many service master contractors that are going to be down there as, as a preemptive strike. Like the one gentleman said, that's just, that's where we shine. And that's, that's what there's, that would be another, in other words, service master national is already collecting those contractors heading that way. Be another Can good source I, hey
3: Rob, let me let me for this recording, let me explain this to these guys when we talk about that preemptive strike. They need us purely in, in simple facts and terms, they need us to clean the muck and the debris off the structures in order that for them to basically see what's needed to be done. I mean, that's that's it in a nutshell, right? Yep. I mean, that's as simple as it is when we say preemptive strike. So we're talking about we're going to be the guys working during the next six months for the most part. And then the restoration industry is going to go on for years trying to dry these buildings and, and remodel them.
1: Yeah, when you when you've had eight or ten feet of water in a building, it doesn't. There's no way you can open the doors and ever dry it out. That's when they come in with these great big semis, you know, with dehumidifiers on them and and dry them out. But they can't even begin to do it when it's full of mud or when it's full of debris right. and stuff like that. So they're they're more than welcoming contractors like us to come in and do that type of work because you it know, just makes their their jobs more efficient.
3: I was I was kind I wasn't chuckling but there's a place here called Firemaster and uh, it was I drove by it the other day and those semis that you're talking about they have twelve of them Lined they up no, you bet. they are no longer here <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: I've I've driven by them for almost oh I don't know years.
1: It's
3: the first time I saw all 12 gone. I mean, they're gone. Yeah. You said they're already on their way to Houston. But, I don't uh, know who you know. the
1: contractor was there in Houston that spoke up a little bit ago, but I I, I think that uh, it's to the advantage of trying to serve the public, like he's saying, that, that he begins to collect some of these names of contractors that are willing to to go down there and just assume that there's a thousand pressure washers, you know, in Houston with a little four gallon at a minute, two thousand psi machine because he washes houses, he can't do anything. You know, all of our equipment's eight at four thousand, and and it's you need a big industrial machine to be able to accomplish anything. Otherwise, you wash a square foot and you can't even begin to move it anymore. So, right?
3: No, no, and, and I think you're right about that. There's no doubt. No doubt. All right, guys, if there's anybody that's got some real passion to conclude this up, I think we'll try to do this again early next week and see if we've come up with a, uh, a, a scratch cheat sheet and then some combined phone numbers, and who knows, maybe we'll have a, maybe we'll have a path documented to getting on FEMA's list and uh, definitely have that RFP service available um, and some of these other ideas that everybody's bounced around. Um, and then look for the call again to happen early next week, and we'll get back together and, and talk some more about it and see if we can lay out lay out an action plan. Anybody else got anything that
0: they want to add Ron, here? Ron, this is Matt again, M&K, uh, Savannah. Hey, um, <clears throat> what Rob, I think his name was, we um, talk about the FEMA and stuff like that. Um, that is a great point, uh, working with FEMA, some of the downfalls though, um, I'm also worked as a deputy emergency manager here in Effingham County, outside of Savannah. And the, the thing with doing work uh, strictly for FEMA, um, cause the way FEMA operates is under IA and PA, which is individual assistance and public assistance. Under public assistance, that's, un, that's for insured homeowners. So therefore, if, if they have insurance, great, you gonna wanna make contact with the insurance. Um, Under the IA, that's FEMA-funded. Keep in mind, the FEMA-funded operations, um, they're going to take time on on getting paid. Um, They have a 30-day gross, a 90-day gross, and a 180-day gross.
5: Um, So for guys
0: that are doing work for them, just keep that in mind on on trying to get the money to come in, because it may take a while. And then at the end of the 180-day, depending on what type of work you're doing, it may take them a year before they ever cut a check after that. So uh, okay. I just wanted to so throw that out there. For
3: saying, you're saying be careful. You might put yourself out of business if you don't have the capital. Basically.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
3: That's, that's a good That's a good piece of advice uh, for the guys out there that are wanting to tackle something like that that they'd better know. Because they don't want to get over their head with that stuff, or get too much monopolized in that one area, and then not be able to eat.
0: Exactly. Yep.
3: All right. Well, that's good. Another good, good piece of advice for these guys. Hey guys, thanks for coming on today, man. We'll, like I said, look for the text again. We'll get back. Alex, record how many guys were on this call for us today. How many actually total at the at the. Throughout the entire time period, what was our max?
1: Uh, our max was, it looked like
5: 15.
3: 15 guys? Okay, so that's yeah. good. Good amount of guys. See if we get more on there now. Alex, when you save this call, make oh, it public. Take the
0: link. Send it, it to me. I'll make sure it can with With Lucky Land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere.